Thanks for pressing play. This is Christopher, and on this episode, let's talk about sales training slash sales enablement. Uh, I'm actually giving a speech later on today for a sales kickoff event, so I've had this on my mind. I've been involved with more sales enablement and sales training and SKOs than I, I can ever remember. And I'm really very much looking forward to this one today. So anyway, it's been on my mind. And uh, companies make a very big mistake here on sales training. And I want to talk about that mistake and how uh, not to do that. And uh, a few other things around sales enablement. Also, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever your favorite podcast platform is, because coming soon, we have an episode with the OG marketing assassin in Silicon Valley, Rick Bennett. And if you're a longtime follower, different uh, slash legends and losers listener, you will remember Rick Bennett. He's incredible. He's the ad man slash marketing genius that Larry Ellison, founder of Oracle, turned to and uh, Mark Benioff, founder of Salesforce, turned to in the beginning of both those companies to put them on the map. And so we've got the legendary Rick Bennett coming up soon. My friends at Splunk are the leaders in data to everything. And uh, they help you bring data to every question, every decision, and every action. And I truly believe there's no such thing as a category queen business without leveraging data and building a data flywheel. So check out Splunk, S-P-L-U-N-K.com, slash D, the number two, the letter E. And my friends at Oracle NetSuite are the leaders in uh, business systems for entrepreneurial companies. Check out NetSuite.com slash different today for your free product tour. There's a reason they're number one in cloud ERP and accounting and financials. Check it out, NetSuite.com slash different. And one other thing, we have a new newsletter. We've been working really hard on it. It's called Category Pirates, and it's coming out soon. So go to lockhead.com, subscribe to our current newsletter, and we will get you the information about Category Pirates, let you know what's going on and when it comes out. Now, as Joey Ramone said, hey-ho, let's go. This is Lockhead on Marketing, the podcast that helps you develop the lens for what makes legendary marketing legendary. Hosted by Christopher Lockhead, three-time CMO, godfather of category design, and a high school dropout, who the Marketing Journal calls one of the best minds in marketing, and The Economist calls off-putting to some. Okay. So um, I want to tell you a story to help elucidate the point. So uh, right now, my wife and I have about a five-month-old kitten. And he's really, we call him our dog because he acts a lot more like a dog than a cat. He plays fetch. We take him on walks. And he's a ton of fun. He's become my buddy very quickly. And his name is Bean. So a little while ago, uh, shortly after we got Bean when he was younger than he is now, I'm sitting on the couch and I'm working on some shit on my laptop. And I have a MacBook Pro and I have the big one, whatever the big one is. Um, You know, I like the bigger screen and keyboard. I got big hands and shit and I like all that. So anyway, I'm sitting there on the couch. I'm working on my uh, shit, whatever I'm doing. And uh, I've never had cats before, so I don't really know. So Bean comes up to me on the couch and he's on the other side of the flipped open laptop. And he, without me even really noticing it, comes around the side and, and bites the monitor. Well, I'm here to tell you, when a kitten with sharp kitty teeth bites your monitor of your laptop, your screen immediately goes black and you're fucked. (laughs) 
So I call Apple and blah, blah, yada, yada. Anyway, I send the thing back to Santa's workshop to get fixed. So I have to start working on an old laptop. So I'm, I'm working on one of my old laptops and it's, it's real rickety and it's the, it's, there's a lot of problems with it and it's sort of driving me nuts. And I keep checking back on the Apple website to find out when the fuck are they going to fix my computer. And I keep getting the same message, which is we're still trying to diagnose your problem. Anyway, this goes on for over a week. Then it's like two weeks and it's driving me crazy using the old laptop and it's barely usable and it keeps blowing up on me and all this other shit. So finally, I decide, fuck it. I have to buy a new laptop and, um, you know, I'll deal with whether or not they can get the old one fixed or not. The one that being a bit anyway, while all this is going on. Apple rolls out some new super ding dong laptops and they've got some great new chip and this and that and the other. And I don't know what the fuck it's the new, it's the, the new hotness. Oh, here comes Bean. <laughs> he just jumped up on the desk and he's right in my face. Hey buddy, I'm talking about you. So I, I'm trying to figure out which one I want to buy. And it looks like the new super ding dong laptop, at least on the website, only has the small one, not the big one. I think they're 13 and 17 inches. I might be wrong, but anyway, there, is there something like that? So I call Apple and I say, hey, I want the big one, the 17 inch. And do you have it in the new super ding dong chip and all that stuff? Well, it turns out they don't have that. So I'm like, all right, well, then can I just buy a new, a new one like the one that I have? Well, it turns out because of COVID and all this stuff, they're fucking sold out. So I spend about 15 minutes on the phone with this Apple sales rep and we get no resolution. They don't have a laptop for me. They don't have one with the new super ding dong chip. And they don't even have uh, one with the old technology, like the one I just uh, sent, sent back to get fixed. And so I'm fucked. So anyway, I'm like really disappointed. And I'm like, I still keep checking on this laptop being fixed and I'm still not getting an answer. And I'm using the old laptop and it's making me crazy and crazy and crazy. And when you do the kinds of things that I do, you need a good fucking functioning laptop. So anyway, I call Apple back the next day and I go, you know, I sort of say, like, is there anything you can do? And this uh, Apple sales rep says to me, he says, well, he, he says, well, what do you do again? I told him I'm, you know, po podcaster, author guy, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, I got it. And he said, hmm. And he said, you really like your old one? I said, yeah. And he said, you know, we could sell you a refurbished one. We take slightly used ones or ones that got returned or, you know, whatever, or ones that sat on the shelf too long. And then they got, they, the, the new one came out and they never got sold. And so they sell sort of return and or old laptops. And, um, and he said, you know, they're, I forget exactly, but they're maybe like three or 500 bucks cheaper or whatever it is. And we could do that. And I was like, wow, that's awesome. So I bought the refurbished version of the one that was stuck in Santa's workshop. And this second Apple sales rep solved my problem. So what's the learning? The learning here is most salespeople get trained on products and features of those products. And they get taught to sell what they have. Well, that's what the first Apple sales rep did. What the second Apple sales rep did was he had empathy. He listened. He focused on my problem. And he came up with an inventive or innovative solution. And while I wouldn't have thought about buying a refurb laptop, it, it saw, he solved my problem. And so in most sales training, if you're just teaching your salespeople 
enabling them on the new products, enabling them on the new features, and you're not enabling them to focus on customer problems, you're shooting yourself in the revenue stream. You're not teaching them to be successful. So we want to teach our salespeople and frankly, our service people to focus not on our products, but of course on customer problems. And as we do that, there's a very important skill here. And I think it might be the most important skill in, in sales, in business. And it's certainly one of the most important skills in life. And that is shut up. <laughs> uh, today, when I do my sales training speech, I have a slide in it that's in big font that says shut up. Because when we shut up, our customers talk. And that allows us to listen. And if we're empathetic and we're focused on the problem, we might actually be able to solve that problem. So another question I like to teach salespeople to ask themselves is, as they're listening to a customer, if I was legendary, how could I solve this customer's problem right now? And in my Apple story, one Apple rep thought outside of the box, got uh, sort of inventive and creative and solved my problem. And of course, made a sale where the first Apple rep did not make a sale. And so if I was legendary, how could I solve this customer's problem right now? We want to enable our salespeople on listening for problems and empathizing as much or more as we enable them on products and features and capabilities. All right. Now, a couple other things on sales enablement. Number one, I believe passionately that marketing needs to own sales training, not sales or sales operations. So if marketing in your company doesn't own sales training, I think you want to get that fixed and you want to get it fixed fast. Here's why I think marketing must own sales enablement. Marketing is responsible for the way the company communicates, the language the company uses. And if you believe in the power of category design, uh, we want to make every salesperson a category designer. Because if you think about one of the key things about being a category designer, of course, is you evangelize a point of view. Well, guess what? In marketing, we do that at the category level. In sales, we do that at the customer, client, or account level. And so salespeople need to be enabled to become category designers and specifically deliver the point of view about the category. So that part's really incredibly important. We also have to teach them how to connect customer problems back to use cases. And if you want to get really rigorous about this, um, some companies I've worked with in the past, we call them plays. We... Uh, map out the use cases. Let's say there's 10 or 12 or whatever it is, critical use cases for your product. And then we teach the salespeople which use cases tie to which customer problems. And then we teach the salespeople how to listen for those problems. And we enable them with questions for how to elicit from the customer which problems they might have. And once they determine, for example, that a given prospect has five of the uh, 15 problems that we solve, then they focus on those use cases as the solution to the problem. And so this is the role of marketing. Now, marketing needs to be able to build sales training around these concepts, of course, in connection with sales, critically, of course, and frankly, with products and R&D. So marketing should be connecting our product and technology agenda and our sales initiatives in the field through 
enablement. And then there's lots of other uh, what you might call soft skill things that salespeople need to be enabled on. I, I won't go through the whole list, but you know, there's some critical ones. For example, how to manage your own pipeline how to forecast and when to forecast. I grew up in companies that um, if you put a deal on a forecast as a sales rep and it didn't close, you had some questions that you needed to answer, particularly towards the end of the quarter. So if you are forecasting a deal to close with six weeks left to go in the quarter, you better have a good answer for why you think this deal is going to close in this quarter. And so I think marketing can help here. And if you're a CMO, uh, try to partner with the head of sales on these skills, particularly in the context of what is the sales culture that you want to build in the company and how do you train against that culture? The pipeline and forecast uh, thing being an example. And of course, uh, we always want to teach salespeople how to close business, ABC, always be closing. Anyway, uh, there's lots we could talk about on sales enablement, but clearly I believe marketing needs to own sales. And the most critical thing is to do equal enablement on listening for and probing for and asking for, and then being able to solve customer problems, not just uh, puke out product descriptions and features. And one other thing on sales enablement before we go today, you might do a, a big sales kickoff like the one I'm going to speak at later this afternoon. And that's cool. Most companies do. Uh, some companies do a second uh, sales kickoff at the midpoint of the year. That's cool, too, if that makes sense for you. And remember, sales enablement is an all-time thing. Always be teaching. And so there's always critical stuff to be communicating with the sales force about and enabling them on. And some things take a while to stick. And the one other thing I tell you about always be teaching is remember that salespeople need time to sell too. So every time we go to communicate, every time we go to teach, remember we're taking them away from customers and from closing business. And so when we do that, we better be doing legendary shit. And that's why I think sales enablement is such a critical function in the company and a critical function in the marketing organization. All right. I would like to thank our good friends at Atrenet, A-T-R-E.net, building legendary B2B websites in Silicon Valley for over 20 years. Check them out, Atre.net today. Also, I want to point you to one of my favorite podcasts, the Win Happy Podcast uh, from uh, beautiful Ireland with my buddy, Greg Canty. Check it out, Win Happy, wherever you get legendary podcasts. And I mentioned Rick Bennett is coming on soon. If you want to check out his work, it's amazing. Check out rickbennett.com, R-I-C-K-B-E-N-N-E-T-T.com. And um, we just dropped an episode of Follow Your Different with a legendary New York Times bestselling author named Stephen Kotler, episode 201. His new book is out. It's called The Art of Impossible. If you want to make impossible things happen in your life and your business, get a copy of that book and certainly check out Follow Your Different, episode 201 with Stephen Kotler. My friends at Podcast Magazine are offering you a free lifetime subscription. Check out podcastmagazine.com slash flea. Flee <laughs> slash free. And with Podcast Magazine, you can go beyond the mic. All right, I need to remind you that this podcast is a sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network, and it goes way better with libations. Please don't forget to tip your weight staff. Um, don't be lame. Get out of the passing lane. Uh, and please consult your shaman, lawyer, mystic, doctor, trainer, sensei, spouse, and bartender before acting on anything in today's episode. Listen to KD Lang. 
read Cole Schaefer and his newsletter at honeycopy.com. Check out honeycopy.com. We are produced and edited by the GOAT, Jason DeFilippo. Check out his podcast, Grumpy Old Geeks. Sarah Knox and Jamie J do legendary technical execution, and they build Lockhead.com. Show notes by Diane Gervasio. And Candy Dandy keeps all the trains running on time. All right, that's it, my friends. Stay legendary. Um, And the thought I will leave you with today comes from Dr. Seuss, who said, The more you read, the more things you will know. The more you learn, the more places you will go. 